Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. MJ Cleary with you for the next hour. Bringing you latest from the world of food, farming and agribusiness as always. Now, thank you all for joining me. Very quick week since I was speaking to you seven days ago. Good weather the last few days. It has been dry. That's the main thing. Now, a bit of a cool snap has definitely come about today and that's going to continue on for the weekend. It is given to be a zero or below for Saturday. Saturday looks to be the coldest day so far or the, so far this um, this winter. But it is cold from Thursday, Friday, Saturday through to Sunday, uh, but properly freezing on Saturday. So a good article in the Farmer's Journal preparing for icy conditions. I must run through some of the points uh, from it with you on the show later. Just some really simple little ones but keeping machinery operational and uh, preparing for cold weather. Uh, Speaking to Farmer's Journal in a few minutes, I'm going to have Adam Woods from the paper. He's joining me to speak about the recent announcement of PGI status for Irish grass-fed beef. Uh, Suckler farmers being unhappy with the change of the star ratings and uh, a big, big figure paid for a heifer in Carrigan Shannon on Monday night, €21,500. So we're going to hear about her in just a moment. Also, Chagas have just launched an economic report for 2023 and it also outlines the prospects for 2024. The big talking point is the drop in dairy incomes from last year. The average dairy farm income is down by 60% to €59,000 for the year. That is a huge, huge, huge drop. And I'll be speaking to Trevor Donnellan, economist, about the different sectors and how high input prices are still dominating the bottom line for farmers. An awfully man, Jack McNamara from Dangan, will join me later live from New Zealand. Jack is on a fact-finding mission with his company Agri Data Analytics Ireland. Very busy week for Jack as his business is up for two national awards and uh, we will find out all about how measuring methane from animals is the new growth area. That's what his company is about. And how analysing emissions from farming and agriculture is akin to a new gold rush as there's such a global demand for this data. Now, we've all heard of the Board B Quality Assurance Scheme. You'll groan, as I say it, because not many farmers like to see it coming around. But I'm not sure if you're aware of the Irish Grain Assurance Scheme. They're not linked, but the Grain Assurance Scheme has been on the go for about 20 years. And Tom Kelly from the group will chat to me later about its existence and how it benefits the tillage sector. Now, as always, text me on 083 30 10 103 be happy to read any of your texts out over the course of the next hour and as I said to start this evening I have Adam Woods from the Farmer's Journal Adam many thanks for taking my call this evening Good evening MJ uh, We'll start off with that figure Adam I'll talk about the trade in a moment but uh, it is an eye-watering sum of money €21,500 paid for a heifer in Carrig on Shannon what was the story with that Adam? Yeah, I guess it was a real rocket of a trade um, all weekend. It was the second sale in, in the Carrigan Shannon Centre. Monday was Weanland, um, and probably Belgian Blue Weanland came out on top. A lot of good places for, for limousine Weanlands as well. But the big talking point was 21,500 uh, for the January 23 born uh, Belgian Blue Heifer. She'd buy a bull called Ross Allo. Uh, actually has uh, leash connections, I think. Um, AZL is his code. Um, and I'd have a limousine cow bred in Donegal um, by John Kennedy. Um, 11 cows, small suckler farmer in, in the west of Ireland. Um, and purchased by a, a, a Suckland family um, over at Newton Cunningham in Donegal as well. And I know the family very well. And I guess they're just wanting to get in at the top. They have a couple of young people um, in their te- teenage years. 
um, and and they want to get in, um, you know, to start to show cattle. And they said, look, we we'll go for the very best. And and two people liked her, uh, and that's what she went to. So um, yeah, it's been a big talking point for the last few days. Well, what did the uh, number start at, Adam? When it really got hot, going back and forward, obviously was uh, was a big number anyway. Yeah, it was it was a big big marathon session. Actually, Eamon Gaffney, the auctioneer, went in five hundred bids uh, towards the end. So you're getting into serious stuff there. Two Dunny Goldman actually pitched it out at the end. Um, one man from Letterkenny and one from from Newton Cunningham only a half an hour in between them but uh, they fought it out um, at the end I suppose look some people will say it's silly it's stupid one animal isn't worth that uh, but these guys that are at this it's a specialised game um, the commercial you know cattle business that show business has got to be a really really competitive area there was another heifer in it made 18,000 another heifer made 13,000 um, so these guys will maybe take these heifers they'll flush them they'll take some embryos out of them they might sell some embryos uh, but they'll really get the most out of those animals um, for the next couple of years. And the guys that make it big and the guys that hit it lucky uh, will do very, very well. But I guess for every one that, that makes it, maybe there's another couple that doesn't make it. But definitely there's a huge interest. The other thing about it, MJ, is if you walk down through Carrigan Shannon uh, on Monday, it was absolutely full of young people. Um, and, and I don't care what anybody says. If we can encourage young people into looking after stock and into agriculture, you know, that's a good thing. And this, this could be an avenue for them, you know, to get into farming. They're, they're looking after these animals at home. They're interested in it. They're interested in showing cattle. It's a whole industry. And I think it should be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. And, and as you say, look, this is a it's a commercial transaction. You're going to flush them. There's going to be embryo transfers. There could be some real money to be made out of them. And that's the way they have to uh, be looked at. And if that can encourage younger people, I uh, absolutely agree with you on that. The trade in general, uh, Adam, how do you describe the uh, the factory trade at the moment? Yeah, maybe just not just as high as Carrick MJ, but um, no, it's, it's definitely going well. Um, you know, positive sentiment in the trade. I'd say up to 490 there for heifers this week. You know, crime cattle in really, really short supply. Bullet kill dropping again. Um, you know, you know those finished cattle, it seems to caught the factories on the hop. You know, finished cattle came in a lot lighter um, at the back end of 2023. They're back maybe 100 kilos on some farms. So that has left a delay with those cattle coming on stream. Uh, so, so agents out in March buying all week. I'd say 490 for heifers is to be got, 480 for bullocks to be got. Cow trade is also a really good trade for good, well-fleshed cows. That parlor cow or that Frisian cow is probably still under pressure, but that good, well-fleshed cow is, is, is up at 450 for U-grading cows this week. Manufacturing trade doing very, very well. We're probably hitting the peak of Christmas now for the next sort of 10 days. Factory killing for that peak Christmas demand. But I would reckon we'll continue that on. Looking to the UK this week, prime cattle in very, very short supply over there as well. And young stock coming up forward, which is which is an important one, um, are, are down on numbers. So that should bode well for us uh, going into early 2024. Uh, lighter cattle then, Adam, non-store cattle, as we'd say, in the March. Uh, how has trade been since uh, winter has hit earlier? Silage is being eaten well around the country at this stage. Is that having a knock-on effect on the men who are wintering cattle? Yeah, actually, when we look at the market this week, we've got a little bit of Christmas bounce in that as well. All all categories of stock, if you look at the market uh, table this week in the paper, it's all green arrows, and that's always a good sign of the trade in terms of... It, look, at some of them are small increases in 2 3 cent a kilo, but it's still moving moving up. But what has injected some with the energy into the trade this week is we've had a couple of big boatload of, of Weanlands and, and store camp to leave the country in the last couple of weeks. Those exporters are actually out buying again and filling sheds again with those plainer Weanlands. And that has increased the price for those plain Weanlands a little bit. Look, they're buying a lot of dairy crosses, but still it's, it's a very, very positive story. So we would expect another couple of boatloads. Probably won't leave the country before the end of the year, but definitely in January 2024, I'd expect another big month for live exports going out to the Middle East and, and, and Turkey and countries like that. 
Uh, moving on, Adam, to the Irish grass-fed beef, the PGI uh, status. And just a tiny bit of background on this for people who may not be familiar with it. Anna, your thoughts on it, please? Yeah, so this is a, a PGI. It's, it's a protected uh, geographic indicator. Uh, basically, it, it sort of gives us marketing opportunities for Irish grass-fed beef. There's a grass-fed standard there that, that, that cattle will have to apply to. They have to be under 36 months, bullocks or heifers, um, no bulls in it. 90% of the lifetime gain has to be from a forage diet, i.e. Um, grass or silage or hay or whatever it's forage. Um, look, at it's positive. I think it's a long play, though, and I think farmers are asking me this week, is it going to be the same as the Angus bonus? Is it going to be 20 cents? Is it going to be 30 cents? It's not like that, and I suppose it's a, it's a really long, uh, we'll say, journey on this one in terms of building up the reputation of that PGI status in, in, in some of our European markets. I know the Bobby has done some work already in the Italian market on it, but it's going to take, a t- to take, take some time. And if we want a good example there, I guess uh, Scott Beef, it's, it's PGI status as well across the water. Um, it was way back in the 90s that was started. Um, and there at the moment, they're generating about a 20 cent premium above the north of England price. So that's a good sort of an indicator for us as to what it could generate in the future. But this is a really long journey, MJ. It's going to take a while to build this one up. But it's definitely a positive and it, 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 it should help beef farmers. The big one here is that it's returned to beef farmers. It doesn't, it's not swallowed up by factories in terms of some of their marketing tools that it comes back to farmers. And that group that has been set up to sort of coordinate it and, and oversee it, that's very, very important that we see anything that's in the market pass back to finishers. Yeah, 100%. Finally, Adam, uh, you were in Carrick Monday night for the sale. You were there again uh, yesterday evening, but this time around it was Suckler Farmers and they were voicing their annoyance at the change in the Eurostar uh, ratings. So the background on this being that the star ratings are changing at the end of uh, this week, I believe, um, and farmers aren't happy because some of the more continental breeds are going to be changing around. In general, uh, Adam, um, do you think Suckler Farmers are uh, fair to be annoyed at this or do you think it's a bit of an oversight? I guess it's down to individuals and look at the communication here hasn't been good MJ and, and, and ICBF holding up their hands on that in terms of letting farmers know that this was coming. Farmers have found themselves you know, using bulls in the springtime um, that were at five star status that have dropped to two star now and you know calves in cows now ready to calve in the spring and they thought they were going to have a higher replacement index animal they're not and they're very very frustrated about that um, you know, a couple of farmers, it was a real heated, tense meeting um, on, on, on Tuesday night in, in Carrick and Shannon. Um, you know, farmers saying ICBF have lost the dressing room, um, they need to go back and, and re- redraw the plan again. I guess the big one here is, for me, in terms of hitting those targets for the last year of SCEP, if, if we have farmers that bred animals in 2023 with five-star five bulls and, and they've dropped since, since we we'll say, the summer of 2023, those calves have been calved next in 2024 they'll calve down themselves in 2026 and it's at that point where we'll start to see the drop in the figures really hitting um, some of those we'll say heifers coming on into the herd so I think there has to be some common ground we'll say found there you know your pedigree breed societies voting on taking court injunctions on delaying that uh, rollout and that's not a good place for Irish breeding to be and I think look at we, we need to all sit down around the table now and, and trash this one out and, and make sure we, we, we develop a pathway forward there is changes and, and Angus are, are winning big time Six of the top ten now on the replacement index uh, top ten list are Angus Bulls. Belgian Blue really hit hard. They have lost a lot of their status on the terminal list. So there is changes there. Chuggers are backing up with science. ICBF are backing up with science. But I guess science is one thing and communicating that to farmers is another thing. And I don't think we've communicated it enough. 
Yeah, taken away from the Belgian Blues, Adam, uh, it, it draws, draw was, look, there was always a narrative out there that the ICBF were more uh, in favour of dairy bread stock. And when you, when you do look at it, that the Anguses are big winners and the Belgian Blues are the losers, it's hard to argue that, really. It is, and, and I guess there was really big criticism on, on Tuesday night about the, the, the ICBF board and the farmer representation on that board. And you have a lot of dairy farmers on that board, and it's hard to argue with beef farmers who tell you that, because that's the way it is. Um, you know, suckler farmers in Carrigan Shannon felt that they weren't being represented around that board and, and, and were decisions being taken against them. You know, just an awful lot of frustration there, anger. Um, look at the ICBF and Chagas dealt with it very well on the night, but it just left a sour taste and I'm not too sure that's going to go away in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Adam, many thanks for speaking to me this evening. We'll speak to you again on the programme. Thanks, MJ. Uh, Adam Woodser from the Farmers Journal and uh, that suckler disquiet and annoyance um, I was uh, speaking to you last week about the Chagas uh, beef conference which was on yesterday week which I was at and uh, you definitely could uh, feel the uh, annoyance and the anger from suckler farmers because they do feel like they are being moved to one side and uh, they're not being listened to and that's something that's been apparent for uh, a number of years at this stage. It is important for the ICBF, look they are the, the breed society, the breed federation, that they have to listen to all of the different breeders around the table and uh, look if the dairy stock is getting high ratings which it is and that's fine, there is a surplus of them, uh, it can't mean that the likes of the continental cattle have to be or are pushed to one side. Uh, coming up after the break we're going to be speaking about the Irish Grain Assurance Scheme. So it's quality assurance for grain and uh, you may have got a letter about it if you are a tillage farmer from your merchant and you might be wondering what it is. It's on the go quite a while and Tom Kelly is the man behind it. He's going to explain about it in just a moment so stay tuned. Country Life on Midlands 103 Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now we're moving on to tillage and I have Tom Kelly from the Irish Grain Assurance Scheme on the phone at Tom. Many thanks for taking my call this evening. Now, we're just having a slight technical problem with Tom Kelly from the Irish Grain Assurance Scheme. I'm going to try and get him in a couple of moments. But before I do mention to you just before the break that uh, the Farmer's Journal had a very interesting article on getting winter ready for this weekend coming up. I mentioned to you there's going to be very heavy frost on Saturday in particular. Uh, Four or five parts of the article and I thought a few of them were really, really, really interesting. One of those being keeping machinery operational. Now, we all know that we have possibly tractors at home whose batteries might be fantastic. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to keep them working as best as we can. So tractors are harder to start during mornings with a heavy frost. Make sure the battery on the tractor or the teleporter that is doing any routine feeding is well charged. Talking about leaving a tractor running previously into the night in order to make sure that it is a little bit warmer that following morning. Also one is to not try and start it first thing in the morning. Checking for antifreeze as well over the course of the next few days. Uh, leaving it in a position that it will get some sun over the course of the morning and that will give it a chance to 
um, start as opposed to uh, it being idle for the day. Also, silage feeding, if possible, feed cattle late in the afternoon or early evening. Uh, machines will be, as I said, easier to start. Ice will be less problematic. Uh, also, removing the silage pit cover. I thought this was a very interesting one, uh, especially if uh, there's heavy frost. Plastic covers on the silage pit are dangerous during frost. Removing the cover in advance during daylight hours will be a safer option. And the big one, as we all know, water provision. This is especially important if we are meal feeding or feeding uh, cattle for finish in the sheds. And that's ensuring that uh, you have adequate water to supply. And this is a hard one. If water traps have a tendency to freeze, uh, can expose pipes be lagged before temperatures drop this weekend? These are the ones that we look at. I also heard a number of years ago during a very heavy frost, small blowtorch and uh, using it in around the water fittings can help in order to ensure that uh, you will have a flow of water. Uh, the last one and one I thought was very interesting, this has actually happened to me and I think it's happened to most farmers at some stage, uh, hydraulic fittings and couplings, uh, if they have wear and tear, they can uh, usually give way at the time of um, a frost. So the same goes for water piping and fittings. So just to be cognizant of them, have some additional fittings and uh, uh, be ready for it. Frost isn't given too heavy this weekend. It's given at uh, zero degrees, but still uh, just to be ready and to be wary uh, of it. Also, another food uh, item which uh, caught my eye over the course of the last day, I said food item because I'm looking at the word agri-food. You've heard me speak many, many times here over the years on the programme about the agri-food regulator and the need for there to be somebody with powers of enforcement in relation to this, in relation to the prices that supermarkets are charging, in relation to below-cost selling and all of these uh, areas. So the agri-food regulator, Mr McConnell uh, spoke about this and in fairness to him, we give out about uh, the, uh, the powers that be in the department. Uh, this is one which has been mooted for years and it finally is up and running next month. December 13th will be a significant day, the IFA uh, state. So we have the new food regulator is going to be up and operational next month. Uh, it's called on Rilali Agrivia, so the, f- the food regulator, Oskelga. And uh, there is a lady in charge, Neve Lenehan, and she has a board behind her then and they are going to look at unfair trading practices so they're going to look at just exactly who is selling our food for what prices and is there a fair price being given back down along the supply chain so obviously this isn't going to happen overnight this is going to take a while to kick in but it is a move in the right direction especially in the area of fresh produce so the horticulture farmers who are providing fresh produce. It's a real, real tricky game. And uh, the amount of people who have left that industry over the course of the last number of years as a result of supermarkets putting too much downward pressure on prices and using fruit and vegetables as a loss leader, uh, this should be something that will stop that occurring. And also, how many times have we said we want to see the beef sector examined closely and to see if there's a fair uh, amount of money Uh, moving through the system from the top down through the bottom. Uh, Well, this is going to be the job of the agri-food regulator and it's something we'll be speaking about plenty on the programme going forward. So fingers crossed that they have the proper power that they need uh, in relation to this and that they're going to be able to enforce rules uh, in all areas of food and agri-business. One other one before I go to a break and that is fertiliser prices are set to fall by 0.5% 
35% in 2024. So a bit of good news for once in relation to input prices. Chagas has forecast the fertiliser prices will be 35% lower in 2024 compared to 2023. I think that's the first downward price I've seen in inputs in I don't know how long. And uh, that is a positive thing, 35% they are saying. So we will <laughs> we'll wait and see. That's what's uh, being forecasted. But uh, as you would often hear, once prices go up, they're hard to come back down. So uh, hopefully that is going to be the way fertiliser moves in 2024. I'm going to shoot to a break coming up after break. I'm going to try and have that chat with Tom Kelly's from the Grain Assurance Scheme. Uh, but I am also going to be speaking with Trevor Donnellan from Chagas. Trevor is an economist and he has been working on the income review for 2023 and it shows how farm incomes have performed over the course of this year. There's also an outlook for 2024 so stay tuned for that. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life on Midlands 103. Now uh, Trevor Donnellan, economist from Chagas, joins me on the line. Trevor, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Delighted to be with you, uh, MJ. Uh, every time you speak to me on the programme, uh, Trevor, we're always talking about the uh, the subject of money. Uh, and it uh, <laughs> it has to be talked about, uh, even though some people say it's a, it's a dirty word. But it's your bread and butter, Trevor. You're looking at incomes, you're looking at expenditure, you're looking at uh, margins on a daily, daily basis. Does it, does it ever uh, lose its value, uh, uh, Trevor? You're always as interested in money uh, day in, day out. Uh, no, I'd say, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the reality of the thing, I suppose. You know, we, we do all this work um, in agriculture, but, you know, at the end of the day, what everyone is interested in is what, what does it all mean for the bottom line? Mm. So I think that that interest is always going to be there. Yeah, 100%. That is the reality of it, especially in the, the current climate and inflation the way it is. As uh, someone said to me the other day, it doesn't matter how much money you earn, it's never enough. And it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say any different as it is. Um, but that's what we're looking at. We're looking at incomes. The big one from your economic outlook is that of dairy farmers this year. This is the, the standout one, I suppose, uh, that their farm income is going to be down by 60%. Now, I know, look, Last year was a bit of a, a unicorn year for dairy farming. But it's back 60% to an average of €59,000 this year. Still a very, very good annual income, uh, but a big, big drop. Yeah, it's a, it's a very severe drop. And, and at this time, what, 12 months ago, we were expecting the milk price to to fall a good bit, but not to the extent that it actually did decrease. Like the, the milk price is down um, year on year. If you compare 23 with 22, probably about you know nearly 30 percent, and uh, you know there was there wasn't much give on the cost side in dairy fertilizer started to come down, but really there was only kind of significant price movement on us from from the middle of the year when farmers would already have probably you know gone in and spent quite a bit of money on fertilizer already, so we didn't get much give on the cost side this year, so that um, that big decrease in the milk price uh, this year is is pretty much totally responsible for the, the sharp decline in income so we were we were talking about incomes of nearly 150,000 uh, 12 months ago and for 2023 it's looking as you said just just below 60,000 know, so that's a 60% decrease and that is on a cow herd of what average size uh, Trevor yeah the average your, your average herd now would be around 93 cows at this stage uh, so doing maybe about 510,000 litres, that kind of territory. 
Yeah, so as you say, yeah, it's, it's, it, is, it is a huge, huge, huge drop. But as we said, you know, the previous year was one of those kind of standout years that you you just you don't see too often. Uh, for the other areas of agriculture then, uh, and it is kind of more the same, I suppose, um, there's a, you always have two figures for, for cattle farms. One is cattle rearing, the other is, um, say, other, other cattle, if you will. Um, I like to go with the higher one because I like to try and convince myself there's a, a better margin in beef farming than there probably actually is. But uh, on the uh, the cattle other farms, your the average income is unchanged. It's about eighteen thousand six hundred euro. Um, which is uh, what exactly type of systems are these, Trevor? Uh, they're large. It's it's a it's a peculiar title that we use, and and it's it's largely cattle cattle finishers that are in 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 that group. Uh, cattle other isn't a great name for it, but it, it is mainly finishers that we're talking about in that category. And they didn't see a whole lot of price improvement in in 2023. And um, their their costs, as I said, you know, just eased off a tiny bit. And um, you know, it, all things considered, their their income overall was was pretty much stable in in, in 2023. Whereas um, the, the um, the cattle rearing farms did did that bit better because they the price for young cattle did improve that bit more um, in in 23 and together with a little bit of easing in costs that that helped to to, to boost uh, income levels in cattle rearing by about 24 percent but that's you know that's still only like a couple of thousand euro you know uh, given the low level of income in that system. Yeah, and it is, look, it's not the first time I've said it to you, Trevor, spoken to you a number of times about uh, the different income surveys on the programme. And I suppose with cattle rearing, yeah, you do have to take into account that there's a huge, huge, huge disparity between the amount of animals on some farms versus others. Like you could have a suckler farmer mm. up the, the west of Ireland with five cattle and you could have plenty of those. And, you know, they, they probably don't make really any money in a year. They may even lose some money and they subsidise it with maybe if an older farm with the pension or whatnot, they might break yeah. even. You know, it, like it, it's these. And then you may have, you know, a good suckler farmer with 60, 80 cows. So it's, it's very hard to marry the mm. two of them. It, it's not... As as difficult married to dairy farmers, you don't have many farmers with ten or twelve milking cows. You know what I mean? They all have an amount of cows, so it's kind of easier to get get your average. It's the one thing with that. I'm not saying there's any, um, you know, way around that. You're getting an average of it all, but it is fair to say there's a big disparity in the suckler game, especially. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you and if you if anyone is interested, they can go online and, and we go into a bit more detail in, in how we present the results as well. We go beyond. The average, and when we look at the kind of income levels being achieved by the, the top third of farmers in, in those two categories, and they are that bit better, you know, they're okay. They're not they're not challenging the level of income that you'd get in a dairy farm, but you have to realise the dairy farms are typically a lot bigger in size as well, area wise, and and in terms of stocking weight. But I mean, there are you know these are average figures in the end for those two cattle systems, and you know people shouldn't go away with the idea that. Everybody in, in 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 those types of systems is earning incomes at uh, at that level, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, Trevor. We look at the sheep farmers, and uh, they are in around roughly the same. It's an average of seventeen thousand euro. Uh, it's about four percent higher than twenty twenty two. So it's essentially the same year on year for sheep farmers. Yeah, I mean there wasn't a whole lot happened on on the sheep side really in in twenty twenty three. You know, very small price movements um, on the. In terms of the land price, and not a whole lot happening on cost. Cost came back a little bit, uh, partly due to cheaper fertilizer, and there was a little bit less feed used as well. So that was enough to give a small increase in income 
on the sheep side of about 4% taking us to, as you say, 17,000, you know. Another big one, and that is tillage sector. So we spoke about the, the headline figure there of dairy farm income down by 60%, tillage income also down by 60%. And uh, I think tillage always surprises people given the high level of income that there is available in tillage. I suppose it's down to scale, really, a lot of very, very big operators in it. But it's down 60% uh, this year to around €30,000. That's a big, big drop for the tillage farmers. It is, and uh, I suppose the, the, the distinction you make across these systems is that, you know, you get a lot of volatility in, in tillage income and a lot of volatility in dairy income, not so much on the cattle and sheep side. But, you know, it wasn't a great year at all for, for tillage. Um, the, the weather conditions didn't help at all in Ireland, and uh, as a result of that, yields were, were well down in uh, 2023. And then, I suppose... Uh, ironically enough, weather conditions at the global level, particularly in in, in in countries that would have big export capacity, uh, were actually quite good. So there were some quite good harvests came in in other parts of the world, and that of course then pushed down the price internationally. So uh, Irish tillage farmers had a double hit, you could say, in the sense that they had lower yields and in and also substantially lower prices. And as I said, there was a bit of give on cost but nothing to write home about. And when you combine all those things together, the income dropped in, took us back to 30,000, albeit from a very good year last year uh, when um, incomes were, I think, of the order of around 75,000 or or that territory, you know. Yeah, excellent incomes previous year for for tillage farmers, no question about it. Uh, Moving on to 2024, uh, Trevor, and the outlook for uh, next year. Is it good news? Is it bad news? Is it indifferent news? Yeah, we think it's you know we 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 think it's a a, a positive story. And uh, I was just looking at the the editorial in t- tomorrow's Farmers Journal, and and they're characterising it similarly as a as a positive outlook. Um, you know, the, a bit of a rebound for dairy and and tillage next year with incomes improving in both of those systems, largely due to to a better price uh, outlook. The cost story is improving. Um, you know, we're expecting a further reduction in fertilizer prices and, and even the fertilizer price reduction that kind of happened in the second half of this year, you know, that'll be a benefit as well into next year's cost cost story. So like we'd be expecting the the uh, expenditure on fertilizer like in twenty four to be to be down a good bit on, on what we had in twenty three. Fuel looking like it, it'll be a bit cheaper. Not not so much on the feed side. Feed prices will probably be, you know, similar enough to what they were uh, this year. So you know that that's having um, quite good a good outcome for the dairy sector, taking incomes back to about um, eighty six thousand euro. And uh, the two cattle systems will see an income improvement as well. So both of those systems that maybe adding thousand euro will say are that kind of territory onto their income levels. And a bit of an uptick on the sheep side as well uh, taking place. And, um, you know, with higher cereal prices next year and with the assumption that yields could improve, then we're, we're seeing a better story on the tillage side as well, taking the, um, the income back up from what we think is 30,000 this year to, to 50,000 um, next year. So it's, it's, a, it's a positive it's a, it's a positive story, uh, not, nothing to get crazily excited about you know we're 
we're still in an environment where costs of production are a good deal higher than they were, uh, you know, back before the, the, the war in Ukraine uh, kicked off, you know. Yeah, very good. It's just very interesting, I have to say. Uh, listen, TX, I'm looking at the figures as you're saying them. And uh, as you say, the, the volatile nature of say, dairy and tillage, especially like you're talking, uh, you know, uh, down to 59, back to 86, down to 30, back to 50. It really is uh, It really is up and down. And you have to take a few years at a time, as I suppose, as, as everybody knows, in, in those industries and in those areas. But you, you really do. You can't take year on year. Uh, Trevor, really interesting. I have to say many thanks for running through that with me. And I uh, enjoyed speaking to you. We'll chat to you again on the programme. OK, thanks, uh, MJ. Uh, Trevor Donlan from Chagas and that income uh, report is available online. If you go onto the Chagas website and you put in income report 2023 it will pop up. Makes for some really interesting reading but positive news for 2024 and that's what we want. The big reason for that is going to be as we said fertiliser prices are looking to be down 35% next year and as we see, if the inputs remain high, it is very hard to make money. If the inputs go down, then making a margin is far more straightforward. And it's kind of as simple as that. Obviously, the price we get for the produce as well is the big one. Uh, but inputs are huge. Uh, no question about it. So if they go down, there's a better chance of uh, increased income across the boards. Now, Jack McNamara from Dangan in County Offaly is going to join me live from New Zealand, hopefully after the break his company Agri Data Analytics Ireland is all about measuring methane from cattle so let's stay tuned for that Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands worshaw.ie and you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103 of Jack Pilkington uh, on the line he's from Agri Data Analytics Ireland and he's joining me live from New Zealand Jack many thanks for taking my call very good evening, MJ, and good evening to all your listeners, and thanks very much for having me on. Now, it is evening in County Offaly, all right, Jack, but it's not evening in New Zealand. Tell me what time it is, and tell me where you are exactly. That's right, that's right, MJ. So I suppose it's uh, quite, 10 to 9, 10 to 9 here in the morning time um, out in uh, sunny New Zealand at the moment today. Um, we have got a bit of rain here in the last few days, so it's a very, very similar climate to Ireland. Um, and we're currently in Queenstown at the minute, so I suppose in the last 10 days we're after making our way down through kind of many major cities, I suppose, from the very top, uh, North Island, right down to the bottom of South Island here. So, um, yeah, so we're exciting times out here, and it's have to be a very good experience so far, and people are very nice, so it's all good. You're on a fact-finding mission for your company, Agri Data Analytics Ireland. Uh, so tell us, uh, Jack, what is Agri Data Analytics Ireland, and what are you researching? That's right, that's right. So look, I suppose I'll probably zoom back to the beginning a little bit first to give an introduction to myself and who I am and where, where things kind of start from I suppose so um, I suppose um, I grew up in a, a small club of farmers in Dangan and Offaly um, I did general engineering back in 2020 and I suppose our main focus was on agricultural products like uh, sheds and railings and gates and like that and we did a lot of work then with the RTE DIY SOS working on seven different projects across um, the country there as well and I suppose it was from working with ag research bodies then we've seen that there was kind of a lack of adequate media and monitor equipment available on the market and at a high cost industry. Um, so we did a lot of work then with the Enterprise Ireland in terms of the New Frontiers programme and established Agri-Data Analytics Ireland Limited. Um, I suppose in the last year then we won three major awards and we're up for two more um, separate awards then uh, this Thursday evening as well, Ireland's Best Startup and the Better Farming Awards also as well. Um, so I suppose our device in itself is kind of a non-invasive feeder which draws an animal's breath and it analyses this predominantly for enteric methane and CO2 output. And I suppose this is giving ag researchers the important data needed for two different reasons to 
be able to find the genetically optimal animal and also to be able to test that as supplementation to their diet. Um, so this device would be called the bovine breathalyzer. I suppose just to kind of allude to we're not here to demonize farmers, I suppose I'm a farmer myself, but it's really about giving that real data with more of a cost-effective method for industry and industry leaders will be the customers that will be buying the machines, I suppose, that will be used at industry level and uh, research farms and things like that, so it's not for on-farm use. Um, and I suppose regardless of conflict, I suppose, as an industry, um, with the proof these real figures, and I think if we all pull together using a strategy, a rising boat lifts all, or a rising tide lifts all boats, and I suppose it's our job to raise the tide in the agri-tech industry. So, yes, that's, I suppose, a bit of a background to me and the machine, and I suppose where we are now with the machine, we launched the prototype um, in the town earlier this year, so people probably know, um, and that's where we won the Agri-Tech UCD award as well, so. Um, we've currently been tested on farm at the minute then as well and we have a team we kind of been in India and Ireland as we're working on the software side of things and um, also we're engaging heavily then with MTU and AgriTech Ireland based in the Tralee campus um, on the whole hardware side of things and yeah it was absolutely phenomenal as we were working with the likes of Enterprise Ireland and the local Enterprise office and IFAC there as well and uh, with Professor Annette Pilkington who's a professor of mathematics at the University of Notre Dame as well working on the whole algorithm side of things and Alan is back at base there um, I suppose Keep an eye on the whole workings of Earl Engineering every while I'm away and also working on the research and development and um, delving really then into the whole testing side of things as well. Um, so yeah, so look, I suppose um, teamwork makes the dream work really, you know. Um, yeah. It's a global project, uh, Jack. You're talking about uh, tech uh, guys out in India, someone over in uh, Notre Dame in the USA. You're down here in New Zealand doing fact-finding. Uh, for a young man from County Offaly, I have to say kudos and fair play. And uh, it is uh, it is something which has to be admired. This whole area of methane, uh, it's almost like, as I said at the start of the programme, it's like the new gold rush. It, this data and information about animals and about what they're emitting to the environment is just insatiable, the appetite for it. Yeah, I suppose it's a very topical area. It's a minute, MJ, and I think um, as an industry going forward, I think everybody has to pull together. Maybe it's, uh, look, there's lots of people, I suppose, that has a very negative approach to it as well. But at the same time, I think uh, I think farmers are being demonised in this area at the moment. And I think going forward, I think we need to have true facts and true figures. Um, no, like no matter what noise has been made, really, I think still at industry level and still this this testing still is still going to have to be done to find the right neighbour maybe to reduce methane levels. Um, is something that's that that are looking into at the moment. So I suppose just it's about pulling together as an industry and um, to be able to make things work. You know, really, yeah. As you call it, Jack, the bovine breathalyzer. Is there a time of the day where the uh, the animals are going to score more heavy than other times of the day? Do you avoid them first thing in the morning, or is that just like the, uh, the standard breathalyzer uh, for us that we're trying to avoid around Christmas time? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I suppose what we're trying to actually do, what we're actually trying to achieve here, is get three tests off an animal a day at different times of the day is probably the ideal thing over the life of a twenty-one day period. So I suppose we're basing it off some existing technologies out there at the minute and we're kind of coming up with more of an improvement for, of, an, of, of a version. But what we're actually trying to do is get, um, I suppose, a profile for an animal, if you like, um, over over different times of the day. Um, so before eating, after eating. So when an animal's ruminating, they're obviously going to belch more, so they're going to produce more methane. And I suppose there's, there's a huge difference um, in, in the methane output there at different times of the day. And I suppose it's seen that there's different data and correlate with different herd types as well and different pastures um, also, has a, also has a huge influence on them. Um, so really it's about getting different times of the day and getting, um, I suppose, that real data 
and the speed of going forward and that speed of things. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's really where we're coming from with that. Is we've got more technology pushing forward than is later next year, and to be potentially able to and um, do a burp count of the animals and measure how many burps the animal goes. So it'll, then again, it'll just kind of validate our our data that bit more, I suppose, in terms of um, the enteric meat and output from them. Yeah. Uh, very good Jack just out of time I have to say many thanks for joining me no doubt I'll be speaking to you plenty here in the programme over the coming years this is an area that's going to grow and grow enjoy the rest of your time in New Zealand uh, Jack and many thanks for talking to me here on the show thanks very much MJ good evening to all your listeners uh, Jack Pilkin I have to uh, apologise to Jack at the outset uh, name check there uh, I uh, call him second uh, second name McNamara, uh, which was incorrect, so I apologise for that. It's Jack Pilkin, and it's from Agri Data Analytics Ireland. And Jack is also uh, the man behind Clonurl Engineering, and that's where he started. 25 years of age, Jack is travelling the world uh, trying to sort out these huge, huge global agri issues. And uh, don't you just love hearing from somebody like that, a passionate man, and uh, he's really onto something with that product. And it's only going to go from strength to strength. The idea would be then that they'd measure uh, the amount of methane coming from the cows or the animals, and then uh, something like a feed additive could be used then to lessen that methane. And uh, that's really where the future is. These feed additives are going to be massive in the future that's it for this evening's programme I'd like to thank Adam Woods from the Irish Farmers Journal speaking to me at the start of the programme uh, unfortunately uh, just couldn't get Tom Kelly there from the Grain Assurance Scheme and uh, we'll try him again another week Tom um, as I said Tom uh, couldn't be reached Trevor Donlan from Chagas speaking to us about the income report some really interesting figures there and good news for 2024 and also Jack Pilkin there from Agri Data Analytics Ireland join me and best of luck to Jack tomorrow evening the company is up for two big awards so fingers crossed he gets those shows repeated Sunday morning at 7am until 8am I'll be back with you this time next week and you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts if you type in MJ space Cleary C-L-E-R-Y we will pop up good night and God bless Country Life on Midlands 103 brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands W. Orshaw